This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Vayikra, the blessing of the ordinary. After having built the Mishkan at the end of Sefer Shemot, Parashat Vayikra teaches about the sacrifices that will be brought there. The rules of what may be sacrificed, in what manner, and for what reason are complex and sometimes tedious. While one might assume that the place wherein God and the Jewish people have their most intimate encounters would be characterized by excitement and wonder, our parasha teaches the value of engaging with the sacred quality of the mundane. Though many sacrifices involve the slaughter of animals, the korban mincha, the grain or flour offering, is an exception. The korban mincha consists fundamentally of flour and oil, which are made into bread and cakes for the koanim to eat. While the mincha can be baked or fried in a myriad of ways, there is an element of strict uniformity in the way it must be prepared and eaten. Kol ha-mincha asher takrivu l'adonai lo te'aseh ha-meit, ki chol se'or v'chol devash lo saktiru mimenu ishe l'adonai. V'chol korba minchadcha ba-melach timlach, v'lo tashbit melach berit elohecha me'al minchatecha al kol korbanecha takriv melach. Any mincha that you bring to God should not be made chametz. Anything of leaven or honey should not be burnt as a fire offering to God. And all of your mincha sacrifices should be seasoned with salt. Never omit the salt of your godly covenant from your mincha. You should offer salt with all of your sacrifices. These verses reject the enhancing of these korbanot. The only additive that is permitted is salt the most plain and quotidian of options. Unlike incense or honey or leavening, salting is the most ordinary of ways in which to eat one's food. And the Torah demands that the korbanot, God's food, be eaten in this basic and uninteresting way. In fact, when the Mishnah in Avot wants to describe the spare life of the most basic necessities, it describes it as a life of bread and salt. This is the path of Torah. Eat bread and salt and drink a measured amount of water. Salt, as the bare minimum condiment, is reflected in a conversation in the Talmud Yerushalmi about how to navigate the learning of the basics of the Mishnah and the more complex, and often more interesting, conversation that emerges around it. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman compares salt to the primariness of the study of Mishnah. Melach bezol pilpalin biyoker. Ifshar le'olam lichyot below pilpalin, i'efshar le'olam below melach. Salt is cheap, and pepper is expensive. It is possible for the world to exist without pepper but it is impossible for the world to exist without salt. According to the Yerushalmi, salt is basic, salt is cheap, and salt is necessary. An orientation or an attitude of salt is one that attends to the fundamentals. It is not ornamental, it is not exciting, but it is indispensable. Salt is also a preservative. It is itself always the same, and it keeps what it is added to from spoiling. And while salt does not have a lot of material value, it has inestimable 
religious value. Despite all of the gold and the elaborate furnishings in the Mishkan, the most central element of the Mishkan is the twice-daily ritual of the Korban Tamid. The centrality of this regular ritual is reflected in a midrash cited by Rabbi Yaakov ibn Habib in the introduction to his Ein Yaakov, a compilation of and commentary to the narrative portions of the Talmud. He writes, Matsati katuv b'shem ha-midrash, u'bikashtihu b'lo mitzatihu b'chol shitasidre v'zehu nuscha. He says, I have found this written in the name of a midrash, but I haven't been able to find it in the entire Talmud. But this is its text. Ben Zoma Omer, Matsino Pasuk Kolel Yoter, Vehu Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Ben Nanas Omer, Matsino Pasuk Kolel Yoter, Vehu Viahafta Lorecha Kamocha. Shimon Ben Pazi Omer, Matsino Pasuk Kolel Yoter, Vehu Etakeves Haechad Taase Baboker, Veet Hakeves Hasheni Taase Ben Haarbaim. Amar Rabbi Ploni Araglav vi Amar Halacha Kiven Pazi. Dichtiv Kehol Asher Ani Mar Eutra Et Tavnit Hamishkan Viet Tavnit Kol Kelav Vechain Taasu. Benzoma said, We have found one verse that is most comprehensive, and it is, Listen, Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. Benana said, We have found one verse that is most comprehensive, and it is, Love your neighbor as yourself. Shimon ben Pazi said, we have found one verse that is most comprehensive. And it is, prepare the first sheep in the morning and the second sheep you should prepare in the afternoon. Rabbi Ploni got up and said, the law is like ben Pazi. As it says, according to all that I have shown you, the structure of the Mishkan and the structure of its vessels, so you should do. The debate in this Midrash attempts to find a single verse that articulates the core of the Torah. The first suggestion is that belief in God is the most central, and therefore the Torah can be reduced to our declaration of faith in God and God's oneness. Benzoma chooses, love your neighbor as yourself, to claim that teaching human beings the proper way to treat one another is the Torah's central goal. The third position is most puzzling suggesting that the most important and encompassing verse in the Torah is not a broad principle, but rather a specific law of the Korban Tamid. And the conclusion of the Midrash is that this third position is correct. The anonymous Rabbi Ploni brings an interesting proof text for his assertion that this third orientation, Ben Pazi's, is correct. According to all that I have shown you, the structure of the Mishkan and the structure of its vessels, so you should do. In order to understand this proof, we need to bring in the much more famous verse that precedes it. Ve'asuli mikdash v'shachanti betocham. Kechol asher ani mareutcha etavnit ha-mishkan v'etavnit kol keilav v'chein ta'asu. Make me a sanctuary and I will dwell among them. According to all that I have shown you, the structure of the Mishkan and the structure of its vessels, so you should do. These two verses together demonstrate that God's promise to dwell among the people inside the Mishkan is conditional. It is contingent on the constructions being completed in the manner that God prescribes. What Ben Pazi's teaching is about, according to the Midrash's conclusion, is that the presence of God in the Mishkan 
and in our lives is about making the structure according to specification. The way that the Mishkan operates is according to its rules. It isn't a place of spontaneity and freedom of expression. It isn't a place of wild ecstasy. It is where God's rules are followed all day and every day. Establishing a sustainable and dependable religious routine is the most fundamental principle because of its necessity. However, we also know that a life of religious meaning and spiritual power can wither and even die on a diet of pure rule following and lack of individual creativity. If you plant your fields with salt, you do not reap salt. You reap nothing, and nothing else can grow. Salt can preserve, but it cannot create. Salt can enhance another food's flavor, but it cannot be consumed on its own. The limitations of a salt orientation are reflected in a b'rita about leading prayer. To know Rabbanan, our rabbis taught, ha'over l'fnei teva tzarich l'sarev, v'em eino misarev domelet havshil she'ein bo melach, v'im misarev yoter midai domelet havshil she'hik dichato melach. One who would cross before the ark to lead prayer first needs to refuse the honor of leading. If he doesn't refuse, he is like a dish that has no salt. But if he protests too much, he is like a dish that has been destroyed by salt. Salt in its proper amount is vital. However, when one's orientation is oversalted, when it is confined to rules and procedures, when there is no spontaneity and no creativity, then the salt destroys rather than improves. The salt of the sacrifices is referred to as a covenant, a brit melach. Rashi explains this strange terminology by means of the following story. Melach berit. Shabrit krutala melach, misheshet yemei bereshit, jehuftachu hamayim atachtonim, likare bamizbeach bemelach, venisuch hamayim bechag. For a covenant was established with salt from the six days of creation that the lower waters were promised that they would be brought on the altar as salt and poured as a water libation on Sukkot. According to the first chapter of Breshi, verse 7, when the world was created, the waters separated into the sky and above, the upper waters and the water below, the oceans, seas, and rivers, the lower waters. The water that was to remain on earth was disappointed that it would not form the heavens where God resides. So God made a covenant with it that it too would have a holy purpose and be used in the temple. The salt would be a regular component of the sacrifices brought on the altar. And also, once a year, on Sukkot, there would be a celebratory water libation. This covenant that God made with the water covers both poles of religious experience. The daily, constant, unchanging salt which is brought with every sacrifice without fail, is just one component of the covenant. The other component of the promise is the water libation, which only happened once a year, but was the greatest, most spectacular, most elaborate celebration in the Beit HaMikdash. Amru, kol mi shalora simchat Beit HaShoeva, lora simcha miyamav. 
They said that anyone who had not seen the celebration of the water drawing festival had never seen joy. Lo there was no courtyard in Jerusalem which was not lit up by the light of the water drying. Pious and distinguished people would dance before them with torches and would recite praise before them. And the Leviim would join with lyres, harps, and percussion and innumerable other instruments. Yes, the waters were assured that they would not be forgotten and would be used in a holy way and be brought close to God. But the waters were also taught an important lesson. Being transcendent and feeling close to God is not the only way to actually be close to God. The spiritual high of the water drying festival is not an everyday occurrence. Yes, there will be times of extreme joy and exuberant celebration, but most of what gives life its structure and meaning is the salt and the bread. The lesson to be learned from the salt of the sacrifices is twofold. The first is that a sustainable religious life can seem uncreative, uninspired, and even impoverished. There are rules and expectations that are not about you and what you are feeling, but rather about what needs to be done to keep the world functioning, to keep the Mishkan in operation. There is an element of divine service that is about being obedient, and more so about being reliable. This reliability is also critical to building a relationship with God. Deep relationships are built on a foundation of trust, regular communication, and regular contact. Eating dinner with your family every night is not supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be grounding. When you ask your spouse the same set of questions at the end of the day, that is a foundational ritual. Being dependable isn't always interesting, and it isn't always fun, but it is also indispensable. At the same time, moments of transcendence are necessary to maintain the relationship and the investment in it. Even if the moments of transcendence are not what build and constitute a relationship, a meal that is only salt is not a meal. Salt preserves, but it doesn't nourish. Wishing you a Shabbat of both salt and spice. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.